Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 215 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline, and we're back with our second look at the upcoming bowl schedule. This podcast is going to cover the games from Tuesday, December 21st through Monday, December 27th. Obviously, we hope all of our listeners out there have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate. We hope it's a good one, and we hope to get some good ones in this batch of bowl games. Absolutely. And what a wild first weekend of the bowl season it was, especially with those two uh, FCS semifinal games. So we look forward to the rest of the bowl season and eventually the FCS championship game. And we'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA, NFL and college football season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. Way more close games in this show's batch of bowls. Only UCF Florida and Memphis Hawaii have spreads of greater than five points, which means we could be in for some fun ones. And the irony is, you know, you would think a, a UCF team and even a Florida team, you'd bet the over, but these offenses have been struggling. So you may want to take a second look at that one. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and your home to bet that UCF Florida under. Bet online where the game starts. Now, before we get started here, please keep in mind that this episode was recorded about a week ahead of the first game here that we're covering. So if any players have since opted out or anything else has happened, that's why it may not be covered here. All that being said, the Idaho Potato Bowl is the first one on this show, and it pits 7-6 and six Kent State against 6-6 six and six Wyoming. Now, we talked about Kent State a few shows ago. Dustin Crum is a good college quarterback, but not really a draftable pro quarterback. Could struggle in this game, too, against the Mountain West top pass defense. It is missing top pass rusher Solomon Bird, though who's out with injury. Garrett Crawl though, still around, but hasn't really produced as a pass rusher. He's also small, not a great athlete, which all kind of adds up to a likely camp body with a street free agent grade. Linebacker Chad Muma, probably the best shot at a draft pick from this game. 129 tackles this season after 71 in six games last year. Could be fun watching him chase Dustin Crum around a little bit, but otherwise not a lot to watch in this one, at least from a draft perspective. Well, the one guy you got to keep an eye on is Kent State receiver Dante Cephas because he looks like he's got big-time ability. I mean, the few times that Dustin Crum is able to hurl it downfield, Cephas is on the uh, receiving end of the pass. He looks like he's got a dynamic future, a real sure-handed pass catcher who opponents know the ball is going his way, yet they can't stop him. Muma is a guy who he's big, he's physical, he's instinctive, he's a punch-in-the-mouth type linebacker. It's just a matter of how fast does he run? He's estimated to run in the four eights, 
He looks like he plays in the four eights, but I'm told in the lead up to the draft, you could see some pretty fast times from Uma in the four sixes. The Frisco Bowl is the first matchup for us between teams with double digit wins 11 and 2 San Diego State against 12 and 1 UTSA. Two teams we did discuss during conference championship week, naturally, thanks to those good records. SDSU defensive end Cameron Thomas didn't play well in that title game against Utah State's Alfred Edwards. Has a shot of redemption here, though, against another potential offensive lineman that has an NFL future in UTSA, a left tackle Spencer Burford, who did some nice work against D'Angelo Malone a few weeks ago. Thomas, though, different type of player than Malone. He's got more prototypical defensive end size. So I'm pretty interested in this matchup. Also interested in watching tight end Daniel Bellinger, assuming he's back from the COVID protocols with a couple of weeks to move past those. Interested in seeing him both as a blocker against defensive end Jalen Haynes and as a receiver when he could see some of linebacker Clarence Hicks in coverage. Yeah, Bellinger's a tight end that some scouts, scouts are split on, I should say. There are some who really like him a lot. There's some who think that he's a free agent. Uh, like you said, he's more of a number three at the next level, but I think he could be a very good number three. He's a guy who hangs around the league for a long, long time. One of the underrated matchups is, is, uh, is San Diego State left tackle Zachary Thomas against uh, pass rusher Jalen Haynes uh, from the uh, UTSA Roadrunners. UTSA plays more of a 3-4, so you know when he's lined up on the outside, watch that matchup. And then, of course, really, the star of the show, if we're going to talk about a star of the show, is... San Diego State punter, Matt Areza, who is a guy that just kicks the stuffing out of the ball time and time again. But he's also a good directional kicker. Also handles the field goals and the kickoffs for San Diego State. The guy is off the charts. I have not heard that he's definitely going to enter the draft. I got to think he's going to enter the draft because, you know, his stock can't be much higher the way he's performed this year. And if anyone, any uh, longtime listeners of this show know, to hear Tony talking about a punter or a kicker, that means this guy is good. He's outstanding. He's not just good. I mean, he's outstanding. <laughs> so the lone game Wednesday, moving on in the bowl slate here, is the Armed Forces Bowl between 8-4 and four Army and 6-6 six and six Missouri. No prospects of note on the Army side of things. Nothing new there, really. Although if you watch the Jets lately, Elijah Riley is playing pretty well at safety, but I digress a little bit. Uh, the top prospect from Missouri, our first notable opt-out, of the show, cornerback Caleb Evans, which leaves running back Tyler Beatty and defensive end Akil Byers as the top seniors to watch. Beatty took over the lead role in the backfield with Larry Roundtree the third gone, 268 carries, just over 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns, but a whopping 54 receptions, 330 yards and four TDs. is a small back, but obviously shows some third down chops. Byers, not much of a pass rusher, doesn't quite have the size to be a pure nose tackle, like the position he plays at Mizzou, but still some intrigue there, as well as with defensive end Trajan Jeffcoat. Kind of took a step back this season after an impressive sophomore season in 2020. Almost certainly will be back in school next year, but maybe he can use this game as a springboard to kind of build a little bit of momentum heading into the 2022 season. Although, considering how much Army runs the ball about seven times as much as it passes it, might not have many shots to rush the passer. Yeah, and I think Byers, like Jeff Cote, is a guy who really has not lived up to expectations, has not improved his game. Akil Byers, two years ago, was considered someone who was a potential day-two pick. Now he's fallen really into the late rounds because of limited production. You know, yeah, he's, he's a nose tackle, but they basically play a four-man line, although 
Jeff Code is a guy who stands up over tackle on occasion. I do like Batty a lot. I mean, Batty, I think, is going to be a real good situational third down back at the next level. He's got all the tools. He's a good perimeter runner, great yardage, terrific pass catcher out of the backfield. I think if he runs fast, he gets drafted. He absolutely deserves to get drafted. And, you know, in a right system, an Andy retype system, I think he's going to be very productive. In the end, though, I think Army's going to win this game. I know they lost the Navy last week, a close one, but Army always finds a way to scrape it out and they get the most from their uh, their players. And I just don't think that Missouri is going to be all too hyped up to play in this football game. Now, the Frisco Classic Bowl hits a pair of six and six teams against each other in Miami of Ohio and North Texas. Now, this game is being held about a half hour from the UNT campus. So, advantage North Texas there. The top prospect in this game, though, advantage Miami of Ohio, safety Sterling Weatherford, always making plays, whether it's tackles in the run game or pass breakups through the air. It's huge for a safety, too. Well over six feet, almost 220 pounds, which kind of unfortunately for him makes him kind of a tweener for the NFL level. But at the very least, he's a guy that profiles as a very good special teams player. Fellow safety, fellow safety Mike Brown, similar in that sense. Has good size, not great speed, but always finds himself around the ball for the mean green. Mostly street free agents. Defensive tackle Dion Noville, three technique with the ability to make plays, but he's not a game changer. Running back DeAndre Torrey, 248 carries, a little over 1,200 yards and 13 TDs this year, but he's short and he's small. He also was not a very big receiving threat this year, although he did catch 25 balls as a freshman in 2018. So while the ability is there, we haven't seen it lately, which unfortunately probably makes it an uphill battle for him to get drafted. Yeah, and Noville, another guy who two years ago, when I watched him play uh, as a junior, I thought he was outstanding. Didn't play all that well last year. Took advantage of the second senior season. Never really improved. I think with him is, like you said, he's a three-technique tackle. He's playing a pure nose tackle position in North Texas, which really hurts him. I think what's going to happen with Sterling Weatherford from Miami of Ohio is probably going to be moved to linebacker sort of like a one gap linebacker he's got the intensity he's got the instincts he plays tough hard football he's a guy who you know is just too big to play safety and not quick enough to play safety I think he will find a home in the late rounds by a team that wants to use him as a one gap linebacker now five more bowl previews to go but first a word from our friends over at Lightbox say goodbye to dull gifts Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at the light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. And because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price say they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Now, it's not often we see Florida go six and six, but that's exactly what happened this season, and they'll face off with eight and four UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl Thursday night, and they'll do it without defensive end Zachary Carter, who opted out and entered the NFL draft. 
at the time of this recording, though. No word on Kair Elam's status at cornerback. Wouldn't be shocked to see him following Carter's footsteps, though. But if Elam does play, could pose some problems for the UCF receivers, Ryan O'Keefe, Brandon Johnson, and also Jalen Robinson, the guy who got off to a nice start this season before a knee injury cost him six games. He hasn't really gotten back into the flow the last four games, but maybe the extra time off before the bowl game will help him because of the top of Robinson's game. I mean, he makes plays both down the field and after the catch on short passes, easily the top talent physically in this wide receiver core, one that you would think might see a lot of Elam if he ends up playing in this game. Auburn transfer Big Cat Bryant put together the best season of his career under old coach Gus Malzahn after transferring 50 tackles, 14 for loss, six sacks, Always had the physical traits. Now he's produced as well. Good sign for a potential NFL future. And the same goes for Brenton Cox. Just a junior, but 10 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks this year. And the size and power that you want to see. But here, the NFL prospects in this game, not just limited to the guys I've mentioned. A lot more where that came from. Break it all down for us, Tony. Yeah, I mean, Florida playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. you got to wonder how motivated they're going to be. The Gasparilla Bowl... I believe uh, moved out of uh, the Tropicana Bowl in St. Pete to uh, where the Buccaneers play, which is an advantage because that the Tropicana Bowl is probably the worst, worst uh, stadium uh, on the face of the earth if you've ever been there. Uh, you know, Jalen Robinson was all set to enter the draft. That's where he was headed. Had that injury, kind of fell off at the end of the season. Probably shouldn't even play in this bowl to, so he can get back to being healthy. Is not going to enter the draft from what I'm told. Will return to uh, – to Central Florida for another season. You mentioned uh, Big Cat Ryan on defense. Keep an eye on Tatum Bethune, your undersized one-gap linebacker who goes sideline to sideline. Brenton Cox of Florida is a terrific pass rusher. He's got some great bloodlines. I think there's a good chance he enters the draft. Kerry Lom will enter the draft. Trey Dean, the, the safety from Florida, is a good player. Stuart Reese, the offensive lineman, is a guy who's going to get drafted. And, you know, this is just – this is not where Florida expected to be, especially after last season. And so you got to wonder how motivated they're going to be to play in this game. Now on to the Hawaii bowl, the lone Christmas Eve game. Speaking of motivation, do the players want to be elsewhere? I guess we'll see, but six and seven Hawaii, who knows if they'll even be in the Christmas spirit facing off against six and six Memphis. I mean, obviously coach Todd Graham right now under a bit of fire, starting quarterback and starting running back, leaving the program and to boot. Not much from a prospect standpoint, but really on the other side, Memphis doesn't have a ton either. Leading receiver Calvin Austin, the third, probably at the top of the heap, 74 catches, 1,149 yards and eight touchdowns this year. Junior safety Quindell Johnson is very talented. He's got solid size, 104 tackles this season, but also 11 pass breakups at three interceptions last season, as well as 81 tackles. So definitely an impact player against both the run and the pass. Tony, Talk to us about these prospects, but also give us any lowdown that maybe you have on the whole situation going on here at Hawaii. Well, I, I mean, upheaval is nothing new with Todd Graham. I mean, you remember he was the coach of uh, Pittsburgh and then he got the Arizona state job and he told all his players via text that he was leaving uh, and everyone was shocked. And then he goes to Arizona state, he falls flat on his face. So, so this is, uh, you know, I've got nothing new on it. it. It's just not, you know, this is how it goes with Todd Graham. Granted, you know, the Arizona State job and the Pittsburgh job was a much better job. But to be the coach of Hawaii, you know, especially when you're not in high demand, you, you think, uh, 
you know, it'd be a desirable job. I guess not. Uh, Jared Smart, the receiver for Hawaii, is a, is a pretty good player who could make a roster as a fifth receiver return specialist. You mentioned uh, Calvin Austin. I mean, the best thing about this game is that it's being played in Hawaii. You're certainly not going to watch it from an NFL scouting point of view. Now, the Christmas Day game at 1.30 in the afternoon, the Camellia Bowl between 6-6 six and six Ball State and 7-5 and five Georgia State. Any real draft intrigue for the Panthers? Kind of left with quarterback Cornelius Brown, struggled early this season, lost his job, then decided to transfer. But tight end Roger Carter, also slightly interesting, as a potential free agent, 20 catches for 323 yards and three touchdowns this season. For Ball State, cornerback Amechi Uzodima, still yet to match his 2015 production. Feels like we've been talking about him on this show for a while. Nothing more than a late-round pick at this point, though. Wide receiver Justin Hall, bit on the smaller side, but he's a dual threat as a receiver and a runner. 61 catches, 613 yards, five touchdowns as a receiver, but on the ground, another 255 yards and six scores. That dual threat ability alone makes him an intriguing prospect. On defense, linebacker Christian Albright and safety Bryce Cosby, both tough players who should find their way into an NFL camp next summer. What do you think of this game, Tony? Yeah, well, I mean, it's something to do in the middle of uh, Christmas dinner uh, if you want to watch a little college football. I I agree with you about Albright and Bryce Crosby. They're not just good football players. They're productive players on the field. They do a lot of everything very well. They're just not great athletes. Uh, They absolutely deserve to get signed immediately after the draft. And if they don't make active rosters, I think they will uh, make a practice squad somewhere. Justin Hall, solid pass catcher. He's more quick than he is fast. But if you're looking for a slot receiver who can also return punts, uh, he's your guy potentially in the late rounds, just as long as he doesn't lay a dud uh, in pre-draft workouts in his 40. And as you mentioned, Roger Carter is really the only Georgia State uh, prospect. Maybe Cornelius McCoy, who's shown flashes. But all these guys are just regular street free agents. After taking the day after Christmas off, college football returns to us Monday with two games. The first up is the Quick Lane Bowl, eight and four Nevada against seven and five Western Michigan. Tight end Cole Turner and quarterback Carson Strong have already opted out of this one to prepare for the NFL draft. Turner caught 62 passes for 677 yards and 10 touchdowns. Strong, obviously a big arm quarterback who you know, we've been talking about for years on this show. We'll see where he ultimately lands in the draft. And really, we'll see if leading receiver Romeo Dubs ends up playing in this game after Turner and Strong opt out. He had 80 catches for over 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns. Certainly up in the air to see whether he's going to play in this game. But he's a big play threat down the field. Maybe he'll be interested in playing with a different quarterback. Be, would have been great to see them play. But unfortunately, it's kind of costing us a really a quarterback battle that we could have had here because on the other side, Western Michigan's Caleb Ellaby has top 100 potential as well. Now he's kind of the opposite type of quarterback as strong. Strong is a big pocket passer. Ellaby is a smaller dual threat quarterback. Both of them have strong arms though. Both of them were highly productive this season. Also for Western Michigan, defensive end Ali Fayed is a potential late round pick. Career high 11 and a half sacks this season. Also 14 tackles for loss and two forced fumbles really needed a big season to have any hopes of being drafted. He got the big season. Now let's see if it propels him into the final rounds. 
will be playing in the Shrine game, Fayette, a guy who could stand over tackle, come out of a three-point stance, very athletic, a guy who shows a good change of direction, can pursue from the backside. He's got to get a little bit bigger. He's got to get a little bit stronger for the next level. But I think he puts in some good pre-draft workouts and has a good week of practice at the Shrine game. He could get selected. You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if Caleb Ellaby actually plays in this game. I'm about 99% sure he's going to enter the draft. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's a smart, tough quarterback. Had some ups and downs this year, but the ups were like, wow. I mean, he was right on the mark with his throws. He does a great job commanding the offense. You can see he gets it between the ears. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he has enough mobility to be used on some design runs. You know, they, uh, Western Michigan's got a few other guys. A.J. Thomas, who's a solid safety. Ralph Holly, who's a super undersized defensive lineman who just goes – uh, he's like the Energizer Buddy. Just Bunny just does not stop. Three technique tackle at the next level. They also have a real good uh, tight end by the name of Brett Borsky, who's more of a blocking tight end. Don't think he gets drafted, but he's someone who on third and short could make an NFL roster because he just knocks opposing defensive linemen off the ball. You know, with Nevada, with Carson Strong not playing, with Colt Turner not playing. They're in the midst of a coaching change as their, their coach took off for the Colorado State job. It'll be interesting to see how motivated they are. It'll be interesting to see Carson Strong moving towards the draft. You know, as Chris said, we've talked about him for a couple of years. I love Carson Strong's game. I didn't like the offense he was playing in Nevada. I said two years ago, Carson Strong would be the next quarterback from the Mountain West Conference to be selected in the first round of the draft. This was during the summer of 2020, uh, right after his uh, redshirt freshman year when he started half the season. Big, big questions about Carson Strongs. And he had a major, major knee injury in high school that's going to have to be really, uh, really checked out, thoroughly examined before the draft. It could affect him if, you know, if he gets bad results from all the teams. But he is an immense talent. How do you think with Carson Strong, say he gets, um, you know, medical clearance from a third to, to half the league even, um, you know, you went on record, obviously, two years ago, as you said, that he's going to be a first round pick uh, next first round quarterback from the Mountain West. We know it's a weak quarterback class, but there isn't a ton of chatter. I mean, we had him in the top 10 of our mock draft that we did back in June, but really not a ton of chatter when it comes to Carson Strong being, you know, one of the top say two to three quarterbacks in this class, most people seem to really have him pegged for round two, even round three, um, you know, injury aside, assuming enough teams clear him where someone, you know, near the back end of the round might take a chance. Do you think he's going to fulfill that promise you made two years ago? Or do you think he's probably more likely to end up in round two or three at this point? I, I don't think he's going to end up in round three. If he ends up in round three, the knee is an issue or, or he's been flagged because of the knee. But I mean, you know, you, you break it down. He's much more physically gifted than a Kenny Pickett. He's uh, much more of a – he's got bigger, a greater size and a better arm than Sam Howell, and he can carry his offense. He's much more refined, even though he needs work on his game, than Malik Willis. You know, Matt Corral, a lot of people like. Matt Corral could be the second quarterback taken, but you don't know what you get from Matt Corral for the next time. He's playing that wide-open offense. Again, as we said a couple of times, the Nevada offense, I don't think – helped Carson Strong help develop his game. I mean, I'm seeing some places where they got Desmond Ritter in the first round. I think that is absolutely crazy. 
Desmond Ritter's a good college quarterback, but he's all over the place with throws. So I think, you know, we've seen stranger things. I right now have Carson Strong with a second round grade, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in the bottom half of round one. Now, right after that 11 a.m. kickoff in the Quick Lane Bowl, the Military Bowl features six and six Boston College and seven and five East Carolina. The Pirates, no real prospects to speak of, while the Eagles have several. Quarterback Phil Jerkovic, despite, I mean, a complete implosion from him in the season finale against Wake Forest. Also, the last game he played certainly leaves a sour taste in his mouth because, I mean, anytime you go, three for 11 for 19 yards with, with two interceptions. I mean, that's, that, that's tough to swallow. Um, but I mean, Jerkovic is a player that intrigues a lot of people. He's got the size, he's got the arm in terms of what you're looking for as an NFL prospect, but obviously, you know, games like that one against Waker are really just going to hurt. Um, he needs to be more consistent and, and just not have any games like that, not even limit the games like that. Just don't do it again um, to really hit his draft ceiling. Uh, try to trade Barry. It's a big target, 21 catches, 362 yards, and four touchdowns this year. He's capable of getting up the seam, even if he's not a true field stretcher. Zay Flowers at receiver, Jerkovich's other top target, 44 catches, 746 yards, and five scores this year. Not the biggest guy, but gets the job done. And then protecting Jerkovich up front, real focus on the BC offense here, but rightfully so, because you have left guard Zion Johnson and center Alec Lindstrom. Johnson played left tackle last season, returned to school, kicked back inside to guard again, where he played earlier in his career. There's probably a better fit there long-term anyway. So good on the coaching staff for allowing him to develop at his potential future position. Lindstrom, younger brother of 2019 first round pick, Chris Lindstrom, also from BC, combines with Johnson and right tackle Ben Petrola to give BC a real solid offensive line with a good amount of NFL potential. What do you think overall of this offense, Tony? I think it should be a little bit more productive than it is. I think Phil Jerkovic, who's already said he's going back, which is the uh, his best uh, option, is a big, strong-arm guy who really needs to work on his uh, on his pass placement and on his accuracy. The offensive line is good at times, but the offensive line also gets mauled at times. I mean, Zion Johnson came back for a second senior season because last year he was told by the Boston College coaches, if you come back and have a good year at left tackle, you're going to be a top 10 pick. That was never going to happen because Zion Johnson, number one, doesn't project the left tackle. And number two, sure enough, uh, they replaced him with Tyler Vrabel. Uh, when I watch the Boston College offensive line, uh, sort of like Jerkovich, I see a unit that should be much better than it is. I see a unit that's got a lot of inconsistencies. I see a unit that when they are on, they dominate the opposition, but all too many times they're having uh, breakdowns which hurts Jerkovich, which hurts the whole uh, offense. Yeah, I mean, in the end, when you have like an offense with this level of talent that a lot of times doesn't produce up to uh, up to the level of talent that you think it should. I mean, for the most part, that usually reflects back on the quarterback because, you know, we've seen guys, as we've talked about, you know, carry the offense. We've seen guys really take over and, um, you know, get the most out of their offense and really make it produce when they don't have much help around them. Well, when you have as much NFL talent, potentially on the BC offense as you do. And you have a guy quarterback who, you know, is looked at as an NFL prospect and, and you're up and down and you're inconsistent. Well, I mean, I know that's kind of been what Phil Jerkovich has been. He's been an inconsistent player, which is why, as you said, he's going to go back next season and, you know, hopefully, you know, put a more consistent season together so that, you know, he can maybe take advantage of the physical skills that he does have. But 
Yeah, I mean, reality is, you know, whenever whenever a team is underperforming its offensive talent, I mean, it's either coaching or it's quarterback play. Um, you know, when you have, you know, a quarterback situation like they do at BC. So I would lay that probably mostly at the feet of Jerkovich. So it's good to see him return next year and, and hopefully he can develop some consistency because yeah, when he's on, like you said, he's a fun player to watch and certainly makes this offense a fun one to watch. Well, it's either Jerkovich or it's the coaching staff, because, you know, as we've seen with the New York Jets, a lot of coaching. <laughs> one player on defense, I got a, ma- a mention from the Boston uh, College Eagles is Isaiah Graham Mobley transfer from Temple was terrific three years ago, kind of wallowed in the mire in that Temple program that just changed coaches. Showed some flashes this year at Boston College. He's an athletic guy. He's an explosive guy. Like their offense, just needs more consistency, but has a lot of upside potential to his game. And that's it for the 215th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by Bet Online and the Bleed Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back soon to cover the next set of bowl games. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.